In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone, it's December 21st, 2012, and you're listening to episode 64 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. <laughs> yep, it's December 21st. And we're here. Still. Of course, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Apocalypse could happen. The Mayans never actually indicated what time on the 21st. <laughs> they didn't say I believe they didn't exactly identify necessarily, that the world was going to end either, but everyone seems to have forgotten that part. What I have seen on a documentary was that the descendants of the Mayans that are still living in that region are saying, no, it's not the world coming to an end. It's the end of an era and the beginning of a new era. Yes. So, um... Because, newsflash for a lot of the people who seem to be retweeting this stuff, too. The Mayans are not extinct. They are not gone. Most of the population of Guatemala is Mayan. Anyways, so it is the end of the... Let's see. What can we do? It is the end of the Merino era, and it is now the Kashmir era. That would be nice. But just in case, I'm wearing a red shirt. And the ring. Like, literally, I am wearing a red yeah, shirt. Yeah, she, she is. She's wearing a red shirt. And the one ring. As somebody said on Twitter, we should go as Gene Roddenberry d- intended, wearing red shirts. And I also saw a recommendation that on the 21st, we should all run out of our houses going, Oh my god, the doctor! He saved us! <laughs> yeah, I've seen that going around on Twitter, too. Anyway, yeah, I'm wearing all black and covered in flour and baking stuff. Yes, because you have been a busy girl this morning. I have, because today is the Taekwondo party and potluck. Mm-hmm. And, and how many things are you bringing? Only three. As opposed to the one that people usually bring to potlucks. I'm bringing Johnny Cake for, I sort of like to represent my family and nationality from the Mm -hmm. Caribbean. And I'm bringing spicy chicken drumsticks for those who like the spice. Mm -hmm. And I am... And so so people aren't entirely on a sugar rush. Yes, because, well, potlucks tend to be a lot of sugar because, well, baked goods are easy to make ahead or buy. (laughs) So I'm making spicy chicken drumsticks and chocolate orange bundt cake because well it's christmas i gotta bake chocolate so i i've been doing that all morning and i'm i'm just like in my element i'm happy the boys at school husband's away at the office i'm at the house because i've taken today off as a vacation day mm-hmm. carols were going i'm just like swing dancing around the kitchen along with the carols for a little while it was snowing it was mm-hmm. great it was absolutely fabulous yeah, and we are actually recording at Maggie's house. We're actually recording upstairs at Maggie's house, not in her little Maggie cave. Yep. So we have the nice Christmas tree in front of us all lit up, and yep. all the twinkle lights around the banister and everything. It's so festive. It smells good in here, too. <laughs> yeah, it does. It smells like chocolate in here. This, of course it smells good. Oh, and Maggie let me lick the bowl for the chocolate cake. Yep, I saved it just for Karen. True friends let you lick the bowl. She had the long trek over here, and it's <laughs> kind of gray and soggy God. outside. And the buses were not nice today. Yeah, the end of the world is happening for our public transit system. Not even the ones that just go that are going to the malls. You know, you but I did ma- finally manage to make it here through the wintry mix that's going on out there. Which is basically when it's, you know, there's there's kind of ice pellets and rain and snow falling all at the same time. You're I'm going. sure some of you that live in warmer climates will be like, what? <laughs> this is a thing? Yes. Yes, it is. Welcome to Canada in December. <laughs> 
Well, welcome to southern Ontario. There's places that have had snow for for a while now. Yeah. Anyways, by the time this comes out, Christmas will be over. Yeah. We hope that everybody survived survived their Christmas. <laughs> whether that refers to the Mayan apocalypse, whether that refers to not killing any of your relatives, or whether that refers to you know food poisoning at the. Um, we hope that or whether ev- that refers to drinking yourself into a stupor. There's that too. <laughs> we hope that everybody had an enjoyable Christmas and that you know, or Yule, or you know, or Yule, or of your Hanukkah, choice. or any other celebrations. And whether you were on a naughty list, a nice list, or a I do as I please list, or the Loki I do what I want list. Just just as a side note, Karen and I started playing just because I found. The new game, and I thought it was fun. Karen and I have been playing in email, kill, marry, and no, fuck, marry, kill. Yep. That got intense after a little while. That got intense in the first round, you evil, evil woman, you. She challenged me, what was it? It Bilbo, Sherlock, and Coulson. Yes. Which I think turned out to, like, marry Bilbo, fuck Coulson, and kill Sherlock, because I reasoned that there was no way I could possibly kill Coulson. Yeah. Because he would kill me first. Yeah. With... Bare hands, with one hand. Yeah. And also, and I couldn't marry Coulson either because things generally turn out badly Bad. for civilian significant others in comic books. And I don't want to get fridged, thank you very much. So I've been introducing that to a bunch of my friends. Because actually, I'm not the only one who didn't know about this game. Really? Yes. So it, it's made passing the day, you know, fun via email. Just a random little bloop in your email yeah. inbox. By the way. So, adventures in knitting? Sure. What have you been working on? Well, I have actually managed to turn the heel of a hobbit sock Ooh. without adding extra heels this time. Yay! And without and without any help, too. Yes, I actually did it. I put it on my foot, and then I... D- Hold on. It's over here. I was actually knitting on it this morning, so it actually fits. I might start actually doing some ribbing now or whatever, but I turned the heel, and I'm like, that was way too easy. That was too easy. I can't have done that right. That was too easy. That That's sort of what was going through my head, but remembering what I thought was correct from last time, I'm like, okay, too easy might mean it's correct. Let's go <laughs> with like it. It's like finishing a three-hour exam in an hour and a half. It's like, crap, that's too easy. Yes. Something like that. I have that. to have gotten it wrong somewhere. And then I asked Karen afterwards. She's like, yep, that looks right. I'm like, yeah, it looks fine. Oh, well. I did it! It's the simple things that make me happy. Well, yeah. But unsimply, do you see this? Oh, dear. Yes. Do you know what it was a week ago? I recognized the yarn. Yes. No, no, no. It's not It's not the cardigan. The cardigan's still in there. Okay. But do you know what that ball of yarn was a week ago? What? It was yarn vomit. Oh. The entire ball was yarn vomit. Oh, dear. From end... Like, I could not find the end. Oh, dear. Any end. Oh, dear. It took a week to unravel this. This is the yarn that I'm using for my easy ruffle cardigan. It the is... end wasn't one of the ties through the yarn? No? I don't yeah. know what happened, but when I picked it up out of the bag, it had all come undone. This is... Um, Mad- it's Madeline Tosh. Yeah, it is Madeline Tosh. And it's in the fragrance colorway, so it's sort of it's like the... a, a pink. Crap. It's the it's Madeline Tosh's like, fingering weight single ply. I can't remember what the heck it's called. But... Somehow, either I had intended to wind it, but then put the open skein back into the basket or the bag. But yeah, when I pulled it out, it was nothing but yarn vomit from Mobius end to Mobius end, because I could not find the oh, end. Oh dear. I had to make an end. Oh dear. So, But as of, and the husband saw me doing this, he's like, you could just start on another 
skein, you know, I'm like, no, this will not win. Well, I mean, and eventually you would have to... I'd have to use it eventually. Do it. I mean, there is something to be said, well, depending on, like, what your mental state was the moment when you saw it. Like, sort of be like, I can't handle this right now and I can do it later, versus, okay, I can do this now. It became my TV. It replaced my TV knitting for a little while. Yeah. Sort of like the mindless, okay, and loop under and undo and... But it was such training to keep my Aries brain from yanking. If I pull hard enough, I know I can pull this knot out. And the universe would say no. So For a minute there, you gave me a bit of a heart attack. (laughs) Because I saw the big ball of yarn, and I'm like, a week, and especially when you say a week ago this was something, I'm like, oh shit, did you pull out the entire cardigan? Oh god, no. No, that thing's getting, (laughs) if anything happens to that thing, it's going, like, it's got to be burned off. Or, like, incinerated into space or something like that. I'm not frogging <laughs> that thing. There's just too much that has gone yeah. into it. So I've done that. I've worked a little bit on my Joffrey hat. I keep wanting to say Joffrey, and that's the character <laughs> from Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, yeah. It's not very far. Ooh. Because it is fingering. Well, it is fingering weight, and it's a light fingering weight. And it's cables and Celtic knotwork all over the place. In fact, okay, there Ooh. it is. There's the outside. Oh, wow. That is Gorgeous. So it is a constant stream of cables or twisted stitches or whatever. So it's not the mindless knitting, but oh, it's that pretty. Is seriously gorgeous. It's pretty. Yeah, it's the Mich- it's the Jaffrey hat by Michelle Wang, and it's published in the Loft collection. I'm doing because it's done. It's suggested yarn is Brooklyn Brooklyn Tweed yeah. Loft yarn, and I'm doing the uh, Tam version. Yeah, and you're doing it in CJ Kopeck. Yep, it's CJ Kopeck's uh, Perplex. Yeah. Purple Plex, Perplex. <laughs> uh, in fairy dust. So it's a, it's a light silver lilac color. Yeah. And other than that, I tell myself that I'm not doing any Christmas knitting. So what I do around Christmas, I start a million projects. Mm-hmm. So a friend I know is having a baby shower in January. Mm-hmm. So this here is acrylic yarn. I was going to say, dear God, I see the name of Red Heart on that skein. <laughs> yeah. No, not the red heart. Yeah. Whatever. It's acrylic. Yeah. It's red heart soft touch, too. Yeah. It's not like, okay, I try not to be hugely yarn sw- yarn snobby, but really the, the super safer stuff is just really feel horrible on my hands, so I do sort of, uh, but, you know. I'm making a baby blanket. Yeah. Parsh- I'm not making a baby sweater. I know it would be faster, but I'm not making a baby sweater because these people live in Georgia. Yeah. There is a very, very small... Considering how fast babies grow and how long it will be cold in Georgia, there's a very, very tiny, tiny window to wear that. Yeah. So I'm making a baby blanket, and (laughs) because the theme of the nursery is everything superhero (laughs) and geeky... Oh, let me um, guess. Hulk? No, I'm I'm putting... I know it's not quite the right green, but I'm going to put a felt white green lantern in one corner. Aww! That's so adorable! It, so it is going to be a baby, a standard baby blanket, you know, but in one corner it's going to have a bit of a felt applique on it. That's going to be cute. I know it's not the right color, but, you know, Meh. whatever. It, it's, it's it is still a really nice green. It, it, it's a nice green. A nice and sort of ferny green. I, I cannot, I cannot see making a baby blanket with really any dark, dark colors. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the psychology of of kids, they can't see very well when they're when they're babies, and which is why they try to encourage people to have bright things mm-hmm. in their room. But I think an evergreen, like a really the really really dark winter evergreen that Green Lantern usually wears, is just yeah. a little bit too overpowering for a baby. Meh. 
Meh. Anyway. Depends. So, yeah, that's what I've got, and um, I sort of need to kind of maybe do that before January. Oh, wait. When's January? Never mind. Don't answer. <laughs> January's in like a week, sweet pea. Yeah, don't answer that. <laughs> but I'm on vacation. Yay! I am on vacation. Make with the eggnog, hot chocolate, and dancing elves and stuff. Yeah, I am on vacation right now. I am. This is day one of 12 days of vacation. Nice. Sweet. Nice. Well, I had to use some vacation time to get that length of vacation, but... That's why I save it to the end of the year. Yeah, true. I was going to say that you still get that much vacation time. So how about you? Well, I don't have anything. I have been working on stuff, but I don't have anything to show because in my, you know, trying to get out the door and bring a whole bunch of other stuff, I forgot to bring my knitting. So I have been working on the Hobbit socks with the Hobbit Garden Socks That Rock in Lightweight. And I have done all of the foot on both socks and I have turned the heel on one. Mm. So they are getting further along. Mm -hmm. I kind of... I might stop the one with the heel, because I would like to be able to go to the movies at some point within the next week. And watch it again? Yeah. And so I will need something to knit on while I'm at the movie. Especially because this is like one of the few times of year that our local movie theater has like matinees. True. During the week. So when I'm off on a Wednesday, I can go to the movies. And this is a... This is a good time, because there are good things in the theater right now. Yes, there are. There are things I would see yet again in the theater, too. Not to, Oh, not to mention Les Miserables comes out. Yes. Christmas Day. Yes. Oh, my God. Do you need a sedative? Possibly. Possibly, okay. Because <laughs> it looks amazing. It does look amazing, I'll admit that. It does. But yeah, so I'm going to go that, and I want to see I, The I, Hobbit again, and I want to... So yeah, these are going to probably be finished fairly soon. <laughs> <laughs> With another movie or two. I really want to go see Rise of the Guardians. Ooh, yes, I want to see that one, too. I am sorry. I'm all about the whole allegory, and I don't know. I'm just so into it. I love all the folk tales <laughs> and stuff, and I love that Santa's Russian. And I love... <laughs> I just... I'm really into Please. it. Please. Santa is Canadian, man. His postal code is H-O-H-O-H-O. Yeah. Yes, we know. <laughs> or at least that's, you know, where one of his headquarters is. Meh. Meh. It's the one with the best postal code. Fine. I'll agree with that. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. My parents uh, used to tell me, because growing up living in the Bahamas with Santa, no snow. What the heck? What are we gonna, how's he going to land with that sleigh and reindeer and everything? And my parents used to tell me, oh, it's fine. He lands at the hotels on all the golf courses. And we're, you know, we're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. That works. <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> that's so cute. And then he rides a convertible to drop off the presents at everybody's house. Yep, he does. <laughs> And in our house, because grew up in the Bahamas, but my dad is from Scotland. And I remember as a child one day saying, okay, we have to leave out milk and cookies for Santa. And my dad's saying, oh, no, Santa doesn't like milk. He really likes whiskey. Yeah, Santa. Wink, wink. I'm like, why does Santa like whiskey? He's like, well, when he's flying around in the atmosphere up there, it's really cold, so it keeps him warm. How does whiskey keep you warm? It's not hot like coffee or tea. And, of course, you know, Maggie found that out a little bit later. <laughs> so this this year, Santa is going to get eggnog. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. The only other thing I've been working on is, really, is the, I think I mentioned them last week, the hand warmers in Kwegu. Oh, that's right. That I'm doing, because, again, this past week when I was a tiny branch, I was like, dear God, my hands are cold. Did you wear your cape to tiny branch? 
I haven't yet. I didn't. I just didn't want to lug it with everything uh, else because we had knit night last night, and so when I go, when we have knit night on Thursdays, I go straight from working all day at Tiny Branch to downtown, and so I have to bring everything I want for knit night with me. You should wear your capelet. Though, I'm going because, to wear it tomorrow because I think a lot of the the girls at knit night would like to see it because they didn't get to see it finished on you. Oh yeah, true. Well, once I've, I'll wear it tomorrow, and then next week I'll wear it to knit night because I'll have fixed the. The, the little clasp, I didn't quite put it close enough okay. to the, or I didn't put, I put it too far apart. Apart, yeah, I didn't quite place it right on the edges, so I'll okay. fix that. I'll probably wear it tomorrow because tomorrow is the last day of work before the holiday, and so I'll wear that. And if I can find them, maybe my reindeer antlers. Awesome. I'm probably gonna find a online radio station playing classy Christmas music and put that on. You know, the, on the speakers, the dollar store they sell. You know, the Rudolph noses that blink. Just saying. I think I'll stick with the, <laughs> with the other ones. Okay, fine. But yeah, so I'll, I've been working on the hand warmers so that I can have those at Tiny Branch. Because dear God, the place is cold. It's a the building's like 125, 150 years old. So the heating is not the best in there, and my hands get seriously cold. <laughs> but so I'm just doing that in Koigu K P P P M. I had to count on my fingers to make sure I get all the P's right. I think it's Painter's Palette premium or some combination of those words merino okay and they don't have colorway names anyway but it's like different colors of pink and purple is this the one that i named harold possibly yes okay. every the colorway has to have a name geek squee okay so geek squee you're gonna make me look at this again <laughs> well oh, i can't man. play it because we have them sadly i cannot play this for Ma for maggie again because when we have the microphone plugged in no sound will come out of my computer anyway but I have stayed as Merry far away. Christmas, Happy Yule, whatever holiday, gift giving holiday you want to pick, man. This is the best gift ever. This is the gift that keeps on giving. Because from the nerd, I found this on the Nerdist. <laughs> Fifty Shades, the Takei way. way. Yeah. In other words, it's a short video of George Takei reading from Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh my. my. It is as amazing as you are thinking right now. And then some. Well, especially because from what, from the way he's quoting it and stuff, I think oh my is used a lot in the book itself, which means that if I ever actually read Fifty Shades of Grey, every single time I see oh my in the book, in the it's going to voice. be in George Takei's voice. Which it probably would have been anyway, but... Now it definitely will. Oh my god, it's hilarious. He does this this excellent, somewhat dramatic reading of it. And it is, oh god. I just started it in the first thing we saw. I just started dying. You can find it. Of course, it's all over all the nerdy blogs and stuff. But I've got it here at www.nerdist.com, N-E-R-D-I-S-T, slash 2012, slash 12, Slash Fifty Shades the Takei Way. So that's all those words with dashes in between. And Takei again is T-A-K-E-I. I may have to post this. When we when this episode comes out and I put the little notice up in the Ravelry group, I may have to embed this video. Fine. In a post. That's fine. Just so people can see it. Because, oh my. Now that I've broken Maggie. Several times today so far. So in other geeky news, this time slightly less brain breaking. As if Sheldon Cooper couldn't get any more famous, his tag phrase, Bazinga, is now going to be around forever, because it is now 
a scientific name for a new species of bee. Yeah, it's Euglossa bazinga. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was Andre Nemesio from the Universidad Federal de Uberlandia in Brazil. I know my pronunciation probably sucked on that. Discovered a brand new orchid bee, and so named it after Sheldon Cooper's catchphrase. I think that's awesome. And it goes actually goes into a long line of very nerdy names for a new species. I remember there was one, uh, I believe it's Utah Raptor Spielberg, Spielbergi, <laughs> named did, after Steven Spielberg. I did not know that. Because the, they discovered the Utah Raptor looked more like the Velociraptors that were in Jurassic Park than real Velociraptors. <laughs> I think there's a, there's some kind of bug that's named after Matt Groening, who created The Simpsons. That's cool. Because really, I mean, scientists are nerds, so. Yeah, true. What should we get named after us? The knit one geek to what? Obviously a new breed of sheep. Hello. Yeah. Okay, I can do or, that. Or like something producing cashmere. Maybe, considering our height, maybe, you know, some sort of midget sheep. A hobbit goat. Min- mini midget, hobbit goat. Midget cashmere goat. Yeah, or something, anyway. And of course, it's also important to notice, they mentioned on this uh, Smithsonian Magazine blog, that Sheldon Cooper also has an asteroid named after him. The 246247 Sheldon Cooper. That was probably from in the show, I bet. Or did somebody buy it and name it after him? No, it's probably in a, uh, that's probably a real thing. Okay, It okay. would not surprise me if it was a real thing. Okay. <laughs> it says, the description of the bee says, Orchid bees are a beautiful but poorly understood type of bee. That collect all sorts of chemicals that then they use to attract females. These bees co-evolved with the plants they collect from, and the plants rely on the bees for pollination. Yeah, there's an animation on the blog here about how they collect and spread perfumes. A non-animated version of the bee's collection process. Of course, it mentions that Nemesio hopes that by naming the bee something recognizable, researchers can call attention to their rapidly deteriorating habitat. So maybe Sheldon Cooper will help save a bee. Yay, Sheldon Cooper! And that one, if you were looking for it, it's on the Smithsonian.com blog. It's from December 15th, 2012, and it says a brand new bee was just named after Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. So I'm sure if you search Sheldon Cooper bee in their search box at Smithsonian.com, you will find the article. You will find it, yeah. I don't imagine that'll bring up a huge number of hits. And it's a pretty recent article. Yeah. Well... For those who may be listening to this episode a year from now. Oh, yeah. You mean there's going to be a year from now? We're going to survive the apocalypse and all? Well, I don't know. It's 2.15 p.m. here, so... That's pretty good. We're doing all right. I don't see any zombies yet. Yet. <laughs> well, honestly, out of all the things that could happen, I would rather it be zombies, because we've already talked about how we deal with zombies. True. If it's an explosion of the molten core, there's not that much we can do. Yeah. It's like we cannot hide the stash anywhere. Yeah. Zombies, this world is prepared for. Yes. (laughs) But in other news of things that, in this case, maybe not intentionally bear resemblance to something something from geekdom or from film or TV. If anybody out there has seen the new designs for the astronauts' uh, suits that NASA has been designing, they might look a little familiar. As in Toy Story familiar. They do bear something of a resemblance to Buzz Lightyear. But I bet they're pissed they don't get the wings, though. Yeah, true. Flying would be kind of awesome. I mean, come on. If I was that astronaut, I would seriously be just punching at anything, any sort of, like, button or whatever on the chest going, where are my wings? You went through this whole design. (laughs) Where are my wings, damn it? We made it to Mars, finally, you know, properly. We found water on Mercury. Where are my wings? 
Yeah, this is the Z1 Prototype Spacesuit and Portable Life Support System 2.0. I wonder if they're all going to get the purple skull cap, too. And they're all... Basically, it's... It looks kind of like because it's a, a white suit, except for it's got these bright green, pretty much the same color green, green as on Buzz Lightyear's costume, around the stripes around the upper arms and a little bit on the chest. And it looks like at the joints or sort of at, at the on the knees. And there's also a black sort of stripe that goes around the waist about where Buzz has a black midriff yeah. stripe. And it's got a big sort of bubble, bubble helmet similar to... Similar-ish to Buzz's. It doesn't quite have the... If he, someone managed to turn their head from their peripheral vision, they would just see the back of the suit because there's a, a big sort of airlock thing at the back, I guess, where they get in and out of the suit, blocking their vision to the back, unlike Buzz, who has a pretty much 360-degree view. Looks like he's wear, the, the astronaut is wearing you know his underwear on the outside, too. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's because they have to include special metal joints so the legs will move. Well, yeah. The, the, it just ends up looking a bit like tidy whities You know, that hasn't been quite the design for the last few suits. <laughs> it's been a while since we had some Avengers-style news. Okay. But we had to mention some today because... We finally have the fifth member of the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. That's the TV show. And she is a geek girl. Yes. I think I remember when they first announced the list of characters, like three of them were female. It's like, this is awesome. So Chloe Bennett, who's currently on the show Nashville, has reportedly become the, the final regular cast member on ABC's S.H.I.E.L.D. She'll play Sky. And the description of the character is, I'm reading from uh, the io9 article here, um, she's a confident woman who is slightly obsessed with superhero culture and the shadow organizations that exist within it. She's edgy and can out-talk anyone with her unflappable nature. Which sounds like a very Whedon-y character. Yes. And also, the slightly obsessed with superhero culture, I wonder how she's going to get along with Coulson, Mr. Captain America fanboy. <laughs> They're probably going to out-fan... Oh, try and outfan each other. Outdo each other. <laughs> I'm a bigger fan than you are. No, you're not. I'm a bigger fan than you are. I'm your su- I'm your superior officer. So I'm your head agent. So I win. But yeah. So now that they have the entire main cast, hopefully it looks like they'll start filming soon. Because we have no. Do we have a schedule for that? Just from well, from the timing of when they announced it and stuff like that, it sounds kind of like they're probably going to be filming something in. You know, in January, pilot season is like February, March. Okay. So, you know, they'll have the pilot to ABC in like March or so. So probably like a fall of next year premiere. Hmm. Which, oh my god, we are still getting together and watching that. We might have to live, we might have to record a squealy commentary. Okay. Okay. And speaking of squealing over the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, there might be even more squealing if Samuel Jackson gets his wish and there's a Nick Fury cameo. Because apparently he said that, like, he has told Joss that he would like to, he would definitely be up for, you know, a little Nick Fury cameo here and there, or, you know, just recording some voiceover stuff, or, you know, like, voice on the phone, that sort of thing. That's awesome. Which would be awesome! We could all use a little bit more Nick Fury in our lives. Oh, yes. Well, as long as, you know, he's not our boss and dressing us down. And, of course, also speaking of somewhat of Avengers, it's the end of the year. Which means now is the time for the best and worst lists of the year and for nerds to get into big nerd fights about 
who was right and who was wrong about best and worst and whether certain things definitely rank better than others, yada, yada, yada. So io9 has led the pack with a bunch of different best and worst. They have absolute best comics and graphic novels of 2012 list, best science fiction and fantasy books of 2012, best and worst television moments of 2012, and best and worst science fiction slash fantasy movies of 2012. If any, if you, so if you're looking for recommendations on comics or graphic novels or fiction and fantasy books, you probably definitely want to check out those lists at io9.com. But I was just taking a peek through the best and worst science fiction slash fantasy movies. And some familiar names, of course. Dark Knight Rises, they put at number eight. Eight. Some of them I hadn't quite remembered. Number six was Cabin, Cabin in, in the, the Woods. Woods. I remember us talking about Joss that Joss Whedon. Number five, The Hunger Good Games. Game. Four is Looper, which I kind of wanted to see, but I didn't get around to. Some of these I have never heard of. Uh, number two... The Avengers. Avengers. Yay! And the first one, number, the number one they had is a movie called Robot and Frank, which I'd heard about and which I kind of wanted to see, but it hadn't, I don't think it went into large release or it never made its way here, sadly. It's a small little independent movie starring Frank Langella, Langella who is a former cat burglar who is starting to get uh, dementia. So his son gives him a helper robot, which technically, which theoretically doesn't have a mind of its own, but beca- which becomes more. And so eventually Frank and the robot become partners in crime and start <laughs> performing robberies and become like partners, friends, that sort of thing. It sounds really cute and really quirky and I really want to see it. Oh, and they also had a really good run, a run, runner up, and I really want to see this movie. Paranorman. Paranorman. We talked about this when we saw the uh, saw the previews for yeah, it. Yeah, we saw the trailer for it. I really want to see this movie. I just haven't had a chance yet. And then, of course, well, part of the fun is also looking at the worst list. Interestingly enough, Cloud Atlas made both their best and, and worst, worst list That's funny. at number 10 on both. And I'm sure there's some people that are going to freak out about this, but Prometheus okay. was on... <laughs> <laughs> the worst list. Born Legacy, I don't know if I'd put it in the worst, though it wasn't as good as the first three. Mirror Mirror was Ugh. number five on their worst list. It says not, They say neither of this year's dueling Snow White movies was particularly great, but Mirror Mirror was definitely the worst of the two. But it sort of depends. I'd say it depends on like what you're looking for. Yeah, if you go, like we said when we reviewed the, the movie, if you went into it expecting lighthearted cheese... Yeah, and if you wanted, and if you wanted a movie that you could take the kids to, with the other one, it's sort of like, uh, okay, how much can you stand Kristen Stewart's character? And they put Men in Black three on their at number three on their worst list. I haven't had a chance again. I haven't had a chance to see it, it. but not surprisingly, Battleship is number two. I heard a lot about that. (laughs) I heard a lot about Battleship, mainly about how awful it was. And number one on their worst list, Dark Shadows, Mm. which I didn't get a chance to see, but which I. I'd heard from some people, like, there was a lot of people, I think, who liked the, the 70s show who didn't like it. And I don't know if it wasn't, if it was way too campy or just not campy in the right way or... I'm sorry, I, yeah. I, I tend to like a lot of the movies that make it to the worst list. Like, I like a lot of the... <laughs> ri- I love camp. I yeah. love camp and cheese. And I mean, and it depends, like I said, it go, depends somewhat what you go in expecting. It depends... How what your tolerance for camp is, and sometimes they people try for camp and it just ends up being stupid. Sometimes True. it ends up being deliciously campy. Plus, you know, with worst things, sometimes you you sort of have to balance out. Okay, is it really worst worst, or is it like so bad it's good? Yeah, <laughs> or so bad it's at least fun. But and I'm sure there will be tons more lists like this cropping up on every single blog and everything. Oh, and also one other short thing about movies: the National Film Registry 
in the states have made new additions. The Library of Congress has picked 25 more, as it says here in the Mary Sue article, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant films for inclusion in the National Film Registry. It says it's a way to highlight the importance of preserving the United States film heritage. And this year's editions include The Matrix, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Dirty Harry, A League of Their Own, A Christmas Christmas Story! Yes! And there's even a a 1914 adaptation of Uncle Tom's Cabin. So they're from a variety of different eras. Yep. A Christmas Story we are cheering because... Was all of it or was it only a portion that was filmed here? Part of it was filmed here. Part of it. it, A large part of it was filmed in Toronto, too. Particularly the uh, tongue-sticking part, I believe. Yep. Tongue-sticking to the flagpole is like... Ten minutes away from here. Yes, <laughs> I go by it whenever I go when I go downtown on a certain bus route. Filmed right around the corner. <laughs> um, the Library of Congress's James Billington says these films are not selected as the best American films of all time, but rather of as works of enduring importance to American culture. They reflect who we are as a people and as a nation, which definitely you can definitely see within the movies that they've picked. Like The Matrix has influenced filmmaking so much. True. With like both with techniques and with certain stylized elements of it, like the whole bullet time thing. Yep. And, you know, basically just the techniques of, of filming it and, and some of the, the story, the way they film the story and stuff. And, I mean, even things like Dirty Harry, like Dirty Harry is such a classic because of it, especially because of it, it, it such, has that such iconic character of, you know, the slightly rogue cop who, you know, is always getting in trouble with his sergeant because he doesn't follow the rules. No, that's not a canon for anything else. Yeah. And really, some of these movies, like, they may not be the best movies ever in an artsy sort of way, but they're definitely ones that, a lot of them are definitely ones that endure, like, Breakfast at Tiffany's, A Christmas Story. Yeah. Especially considering A Christmas Story was, like, this completely unknown movie for so many years, and now it's being shown, like, 24 hours on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's big. And you can buy leg lamps. Our local museum has Christmas Story memorabilia, because they have props from the movie. I actually got to hold one of the BB guns. When I worked there for this one summer, it was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. There's no crying in the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, that was what one of the commenters to the Mary Sue article said. And one little thing. If you are desperate for season three of Sherlock... We have a small way to appease your pain. Yep. The people at Sherlock Canada, sort of fan, the Canadian fan group, have uh, come up with something called The Traveling Detective... You can find it at travelingdetective.tumblr.com. And what they're doing, (laughs) it's so cute. Do you recall when we were squeeing, it was probably a year ago now, we were squeeing over pictures of a little itty-bitty Wally? Yes. And he, Wally just went on all of these vacations and all these trips and pictures were taken. Okay, keep that in mind when we talk about this, because it's a similar sort of concept. Yeah. Um, on their Tumblr, they say, you know, we know that three years is a long time. Our first year has been bad enough. So we at Sherlock Canada have decided to help Sherlock speed up his mission to dismantle Moriarty's web a little and record his adventures along the way. So they have a Sherlock plushie and a journal, and they're going to send this little traveling detective around the world to all the Sherlockians who want to help him on his journey. So basically, if you know about the whole flat Stanley thing, where people mail, like, make little paper 
these little paper boys or girls, and then they mail them to somebody. Often classes will do it. They'll mail it to, like a school class will mail it to another class somewhere else in the world. Yeah. And that class will take pictures of what they do, what they do every day and that sort of thing and write things in their journal. And it's a way for people to learn about other cultures. You know, there have been some that where people have, celebrities have taken them with them to like the Oscars or they've gotten photos of Flat Stanley with, you know, on TV show. There was a couple of screen caps from the West Wing that had little Flat Stanley in the window from one of the crew's kids or something like that. This is like that. But with Sherlock and a plushie. Yes. And a journal. Yep. So basically what they're going to do is you sign up, you go to their Tumblr.com and... There's a place where you can track Sherlock's journey, but if you want to, you can click on the Get Involved. So if you want to add your name to the waiting list, you there's a window on the Get Involved page that ha- where you can submit a text post, text post right on that page. You include your name, your email address, and your address or your general location. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do, um, they said the order in which you receive, receive Sherlock may not be in the order of registration because they're going to try and reduce costs for shipping by sending him to the Sherlockian next, sort of closest to where he is, at that, wherever he is at that time. So, you know, if you live in Philadelphia and you're the first person to sign up, you might get him a couple months late because the person before they might have figured out, okay, if we send him to New York and then send to Philadelphia and then send to Washington, you know, it makes more mm. sense. And it's less costly for postage. Right. But basically, so once you get him, you would register that you've received him by sending them an email at a specific email address and then take pictures and, or, you know, you can have make up a little adventure for him to do and you document it in the journal. You can take pictures, you can draw you know, fan art, you can do all sorts of other things. Um, they do ask that you keep it to one page, but you can do basically whatever you want. And then you can also submit your entry to the blog for digital records of the adventure. And then when you're after a week, you let them know you're ready to send Sherlock on his way, and they'll send you the the address for the next person to send it to. Awesome. That's going to be awesome. I'm so signing up for this. Sherlock is going to so. Sherlock is going to help us podcast. Yes. 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 Well, one of us should, because I mean, we're in the same city, so one of us should sign up for it. There's not much on the page right now, obviously, because they haven't started sending him out yet, but hopefully soon he will be winging his way from Alberta, I believe is where they're based, to somewhere. I'm so all for this. That's so adorable. And then, so moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. If you happen to have 935 pounds hanging around. Yes. As in, you know, British money. You might... And you're in the need of a new PC. You can get one that looks just like the TARDIS. This is so awesome. This is epic. It's from Scan Computers in the UK. And their website is scan.co.uk. And this is officially licensed from the BBC. So it's basically a like computer tower that looks like the TARDIS. It's the same like official Pantone blue of the TARDIS. It does say in, say in brackets, door does not open. Yeah, the door, the handles and poster on the front door match the original, tor- match the original TARDIS. It's exclusively available from Scan Computers, and it's designed and made in the UK. Includes DVD or Blu-ray drive hidden behind the police box sign. Yeah, and they have a few photos in here so you can see where like the front of the police box sign pops out, and that's where you put the DVD or the Blu-ray in. Oh, God. Uh, Intel Pentium G2120 dual-core, 8 gigabytes of RAM, 500 gigabyte 
hard drive, Sony Blu-ray writer, Microsoft Windows 7. So it's a fairly nice computer. Looking at it right now, and oh my god, I want it. And they have a picture of the back, too, with all the, you know, the fans and the plugs and everything. USB drives and extra cables and plugins and stuff. Yeah. And it looks like you can configure it a bit to your specifications. Actually, when I clicked on the configure and buy, it says from 771 pounds. Okay. Ec- but that's excluding value-added tax. The other one was including yeah. VAT. So that's probably part of it because, you know, <laughs> the tax on that is going to be quite a bit. And like it said, you can sort of configure things your own Only way. available to registered Time Lords and their scantily clad assistants. Yeah. the it's So 926 pounds is the including VAT starting price. And because it's a its own company, you can configure it a lot of different ways. Yeah, you can you can pick different kinds of CPU, kinds of memory, graphics cards, operating system, and hard drives, that sort of thing. But of course, you know, and they have all the prices listed there. If you are really that committed, enjoy, yeah, <laughs> committed is a good word. And you got the change in your pocket. You know, Dude, go for it. If you got a thousand pounds burning a hole in your pocket, and you're going, I just don't know what to do with this. Hell yes. Though I think it might come second to the one thing I saw where someone had created a Wally. Really? Case. It was the most adorable thing ever. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That's pretty cool. I would probably like go in there every morning and be like. Good morning, Wally. Turn on. <laughs> but yeah, so again, you can find that at scan.co.uk slash shops slash doctor, to, doctor Who, all one word, no period, slash TARDIS. That will get you to the actual page with the TARDIS on it. Okay. Otherwise, it looks like it would take some digging to get through it. And they do have actually like some pictures and stuff about the making of it. Now, before we talk about the new year, I have a little surprise for Maggie. Uh-oh. Which I covered with a plastic bag to preserve it from the rain on my way here. Uh-oh. I have a little gifty bag. Yay, it's a gifty bag. What I've always wanted. Tissue paper. Rummage, rummage, This is rummage. the Maggie's Ideal Day present. Oh, shortbread and, oh, 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 lavender gingerbread milk. Lavender gingerbread soap. soap. Oh, this is good enough yeah, to eat. From a local thing. And then the orange shortbread is from a bakery that's in the distillery district in Toronto. And this is black tea, Christmas spice tea, and Earl Grey de la Creme. Yeah. And that's from a, co- a store called Steeped and Infused, and you can find it at s t e e p e d a n d i n f u s e d dot com. They were one of the little shops that were at the distillery district when Mom and I were there. The you know that Christmas market. You know that face Radagast makes when he gets a smoke Gandalf's pipe. Yeah, yeah, that's what I just did. She's sniffing the Christmas spice tea. I can smell the orange in it. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, because it's got little bits of orange peel. It's got, I mean, it's a black Ceylon tea. And it's got apple cubes, orange peels, anise, cinnamon, cloves, cardamom, red pepper, and natural flavors. The perfect brew to enjoy on a cold winter's night with others or curled up with good books. Sweet! This is awesome! Or, or, keep looking in that bag. This isn't going to have 50 shades of something in it, in no. it is it? Okay. It's a yarn! Is this a Karen original? Yes. It is a Karen. Yes, I forgot to put a tag on it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a Karen original in lace. My God, look at the color. Yeah, I went for something turquoisey because I wanted it to sort of be like Bahamian flag. That is totally Bahamian blue. Oh there's little God. bits of like darker, darker spots with little black, and I'm not sure how much you can see it. Little bits where I've put a little bit of yellow in, mainly to change the color of the blue. Do you have a name for it? Not yet. I was trying to think of something Maggie-centric. 
Maggie-centric. <laughs> that is a gorgeous, gorgeous blue. Yeah, it's 875 yards of lace weight. What's the, what's the, is it merino? Yeah. Straight merino? That is going to make... 100% merino. That is going to make some... Awesome! Thank <laughs> you! That is a stunning blue. Mm-hmm. She keeps, put, she keeps holding it up to her nose. I keep smelling everything today, because it... <laughs> To smell smell Goodham's day. So Merry Christmas! <laughs> also, something we have been drooling over is we got a review copy of an ebook called Hobbit Knits. A collection of Hobbit-inspired knitting patterns by Josie Mercier. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. Or Mercier. And there's a number of patterns in here. Quite a few of which I really like. Wait, wait, go back up a second. I just saw saw Thorin. I want to see what he said. Stop! As Thorin said, there is nothing like looking if you want to find something. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I also love in the descri- in the uh, introduction, Josie says, after all, and again, quoting from the book here, if more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world, with a little asterisk saying, and knitting. I might add. Yes. <laughs> I would agree with that. So first we have a pair of fingerless gloves. They look like they have a very large uh, Celtic knotwork. I keep wanting to say the word brocade, and I know it's not right, yeah. but it's, it's Celtic knotwork or Saxon yeah. knotwork around the wrist area. Yeah, it's basically, it looks like the cable basically goes around the wrist, yeah. and then you pick up stitches along one side and knit up the hand. And it's all stocking net up the hand, so it'll go yeah. very fast at that point. These are called the Pony Rides in May Sunshine Fingerless Mitts. After Bilbo's comment that adventures are not all pony rides in May Sunshine. Yeah, the horizontal cable cuff is knit flat and edged on one side with slits, with slip stitches which form a faux I-cord along the bottom of the mitt. And there's three different sizes here, too. There's... Seven, you know, finished hand circumference of seven, eight, or nine inches. And it looks like it'd be fairly easy to. Oh, yeah. To size up or size down as long as, you know, you could change the size of, change the size of the yarn would probably work better, too. The the only really complicated thing was just making sure the cable, you know, matches Matches up up. at the point where you have to sew it. Yeah, and they're done in about a worsted weight. And all the patterns that are written and charted. So, whichever one of those two methods. Because I know some some people have a preference that they can, they are more comfortable only doing one or the other. Ooh, this one I saw and I was like, yes, want the elvish singing shawlette. It's super pretty. Yeah. Inspired by the cheerful welcome Bilbo is given one evening as he approaches the elvish outpost of Rivendell. There's a leaf motif along the top edge and the elfin lace stitch pattern <laughs> comprises the body with a gently pointed edding edging at the bottom. It, says, it is knit using a single ball of sock weight yarn that sparkles like stars in the evening sky. So I guess that would be fun to w- make with sparkly yarn. It would. Yeah, the yarn that it calls for, it said it was an in sparkle sock, which is one ball of it, so it was used no more than 438 yards in that ball, which is gives you nice, which yeah. is about that nice range for most uh, balls of lace weight yarn, or sock, sock weight yarn. yarn. Ooh, look at the little leaf pattern on the edge. On the edge, yeah, that's I like really pretty. That. Like they're actually, it's not like a leaf lace, not necessarily a lace pattern. It makes actual like little leaves, leaves that overlay on the, overlay onto the yeah. next stem of each one next to it. Yep. And these, and like I said, every one, it looks like every chart in here is also written out. So all the charts for the the shawl are also written out. Pocketses! Pocketses, precious. <laughs> the Pocketses vest. This is adorable. You could have a lot of fun with the buttons on this one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says it's inspired by a hobbit's waistcoat, so it's a double-breasted mm-hmm. sort of 
vest or waistcoat, and it's got little pockets, so you can put a little ring. ring inside. I would be very tempted to keep this ring that I'm wearing around my neck on it. I should mention, this is actually just, it's one of the rings that was on from the bookmarks when the first movies came out. Yep. I was like, yeah, that's coming off the bookmark and going on a chain. And you put basically put like two rows of button down the front, and it sort of overlaps a little bit. Yeah, so it's knit from the bottom up in pieces, and designed to fit with uh, zero to three inches of positive ease. And actually, the finished sizes are a pretty wide range. They go from 29.5 inches to 49 inches for the finished bust. And it's done basic, mostly in stockinette stitch, so it would be fairly easy to alter the size to it, if need be. It looks like there's a little bit of shaping, shaping right at the well. right at the waist. Yeah, there's one set of the one set of buttons, like right on the button band, are functional. The other one is decor the other set of buttons is decorative, but there's a hook and eye closure on the inside to keep the front in place. Okay. That's actually like I'm not big on vests, but possibly partly because it's Hobbit inspired. Hmm. And also because it just looks nice. I might be tempted to do that one. That's a lot of stockinette. I know. That's the only thing. The Mirkwood satchel. That is some nifty cables going up the, the strap on it. Basically, it's like a, a shoulder bag or like a with some really cool cable patterns on it. The Mirkwood bag provides additional precious storage for the supplies needed to traverse the unwholesome woods. Yeah, the long, there's a long cabled strap that is integrated into the sides of the bag, so the, the sides of the bag grow into the strap. Yeah. And the body of the bag is worked in linen stitch at a firm gauge so that you don't really need a lining in it and it sort of keeps its shape. And a cabled pocket is knit separately and sewn onto the outside of the bag. And finished with a zipper. That's pretty sweet. Looks like it holds its shape well. Yeah, looking at the picture of the the person holding it. I want this sweater. You want everything to do with cables. (laughs) Well, yeah. Hello, have you met me? Yes, I have. Okay. So this is Bjorn. Is it Bjorn or Bjorn? Hmm, good point. Not sure. I'm sure someone will be able to tell us. Oh, and it's appropriate because it talks about Yule. Yes! By midwinter, Gandalf and Bilbo had come all the way back along both edges of the forest to the doors of Bjorn's house. And there for a while they both stayed. Yuletide was warm and merry there, and men came from far and wide to feast at Bjorn's bidding. Yeah, it's B-E-O-R-N. I should mention this, the spelling. Bjorn. Bjorn. Yeah. Sorry to any of the enthusiasts that I've just hurt. <laughs> this is the problem with just reading. I haven't actually... I should look at the... I'm not sure if the study, the uh, pronunciation guide in the appendices would help necessarily, but this is the problem with just reading things. Yeah. And not having actually heard anyone say them. Well, that just means we have to go out and find some hobbits and elves. Yes. And this is a really cool cabled cardigan. It's got two different cable patterns, a larger, a larger cable pattern and a smaller one. And it's knit flat and in pieces, and you knit the waistband first because there's a wide cable that goes around the waist. Sort of like an implied belt. Yeah. And then, so you knit that first, and then you pick up the stitches for the lower body and knit downward. You pick up the stitches for the upper body from the other side of the waistband and knit up. And then you divide it the armholes for the two fronts in the back. And every part of this is covered with some kind of cable. Yeah. In a very intricate and foresty kind of way. But there's really only, it looks like really there's only three different cable patterns in the whole Well, you've got the one sweater. going around the belt. Yeah, but that's the same one as you see on the sleeves. Okay, there. that's true. And the, I think it's a, even on the front, too. And then there's a slightly wider one that goes up and down on the body, and there's a narrower one yep. that goes up and down the body that is repeated like three, like four to five times in a row. So there's really only a couple different cables, and you know, with some good stitch markers, you can easily 
keep track of those. Keep track of what's where. And this one looks like it's supposed to be worn with a lot of ease. So basically, it offers between like a 33 and a 48 inch bust, which again, you could probably fudge a fair bit with, you know, maybe adding like a couple extra pearl stitches in between mm-hmm. cables if you need to make it bigger. And that was the last pattern. So yes. Well done. I really like that one. Well done, Josie. Yeah, so it's got five patterns in it and the whole ebook. The whole ebook is called Hobbit Knits and it's $16 Canadian. Oh, she's Ontario, from... Ontario, Canada. Ontario. Not far from Toronto. Not too far from Toronto. Hi! Hi! So if you search... For Josie Mercier, it's J-O-S-I-E-M-E-R-C-I-E-R. You can find all her patterns. You can buy all the patterns separately, too. So if you really just want the shawlette or just want the sweater, you can get them separately as Ravelry downloads. Or you can get them, like I said, in the ebook for all five patterns for $16 Canadian. And you can also find her stuff at mercierknittingpatterns.blogspot.com. And she's got quite a few other designs in Ravelry as well. Oh, that sweater's adorable. <laughs> the little kid, the hot apple cider sweater with little snowflakey pockets. She made knitted Spock ears! That's adorable. That is so cute. And there's lots of other little cable-y things on, that yeah, she's designed, too. So she's got some other nitty, nifty designs. I want to make that shawl. <laughs> and I want that sweater. Well, what are your plans for the new year or for 2013? Oh, God. I don't know. Don't know? I knew, I knew I'm going to knit at least one more sweater. I do need to work on that water, Watson sweater. I was going to say, Watson? <laughs> Watson? Yeah. Like a Watson? Yeah. Maybe a Watson sweater? Yeah. Maybe if I knit a Watson sweater, we'll actually get season three. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I will put all my, you know, all the hopeful juju I can into the knitting of the sweater. Okay. So we can get a season three. Though hopefully it won't be cold enough to wear it by the time we get it. Because hopefully we'll get it early enough. I can live without being able to wear the Watson sweater while I watch season three. You can cuddle with it. Yeah. I can hug it for comfort. Yes. (laughs) God. Other than that, like, there's so, there's always so many things I want to do. Must knit all the things. I have, like, I have, I kind of want to do a cookie A pattern with some of the socks that rock that I got a little while ago that's more of a solid Mm -hmm. color, specifically for that purpose, because um, some of her patterns in, like, her first book are, like, 64 stitches to the inch, which in other slightly lighter sock yarns don't really work on my foot. That's not big enough, mainly for my calves. But, and there's, like... So many lovely lacy things I want to make, and Glenna has like five billion sweaters that I want to make because they're all lovely and cavely and yeah, Glenna's good at doing that. So many things. So I think it's gonna it's gonna take just looking pattern by pattern and or you know yarn by yarn and deciding what okay. I'm gonna do. Okay. I don't think I'm gonna have any like big. I'm gonna make this and this and this specifically because otherwise something new will come out and I'll be like, what? You're like, yeah. The best laid plans of mice and men after gang a glay. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> the and best laid plans of mice, men, and knitters. Yeah, pretty much. I do, the one thing I will say is I do want to knit at least one more, like, stole. Sort okay. Of like my, my potion master stole. And I do have an idea for something I could So it's something design. of your own design. Well, I, I would like to do something of my own design, but either way, I would like to do another stole. Okay. What about you? God must knit all the things type thing and stuff. Okay, so I have three baby blankets that I know I need to make. I know I have yarn. I've had yarn from my dad's neck warmer since July. And he doesn't just want a cowl. He wants something to wrap around his neck. So I have to knit sort of like a a unisex sort of neck warmer for him. Shawlette or whatever. 
I have, I think, I want to knit the Thoth shawl. I haven't stopped thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I want to knit something with the Marrakesh yarn that I have downstairs. Mm-hmm. That's the golden stuff. I want to knit, I think I've got four different shawls. It's it's just all shawls in my head right now. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm telling, I'm looking at my brain going, look, you just finished the dragon shawl. Take a break, back up. Let's maybe think about something else. And my child is just being an arrogant little, you know, girl stamping its foot and going, no, I want more. All right, we can renegotiate this after the holidays when maybe you're back to normal. Yeah. There will never be a normal. Yeah. So, and I do still have to design some bob socks. Yes. That has, that has been, that has not been forgotten. It's just that I've, yeah, I'm in the middle of Christmas right now. Yeah. And stuff happens. And I still have a quilt I need to finish. Yeah. What the hell am I doing? Yeah, and actually one of my other things, especially for the new year, for the beginning of the new year, is the sort of, like, try and use the stash here. Yes. Karen, because, oh god, I have a lot of yarn. Yes, must try and use the stash. Especially because it's how many months till Denitor's Frolic? Not that far. No, it's like four months. My god. Yeah, it's in April. Alright, my goal is to have my pink sweater, my easy ruffled cardigan sweater, Done by my birthday, March 25th. Which is the Gondor New Year, by the way. It's the day that Sauron fell. Sauron fell on my birthday! No kidding. So, alright, that is my goal. That's mm-hmm. the only goal I'm setting, is finishing that piece of crazy pie by my birthday. I have three months. I can do this. Yes, you can. I think I can do this. And at the moment, I think I gotta go make some chocolate sauce for that cake. I still gotta cook the chicken drumsticks. Yeah, you should probably get on that. Yeah. So we should wrap up. Bye, everybody! Happy New Year! (laughs) Have a Happy New Year, everybody! And we'll probably post about when we will be getting together to record for the New Year again. So, bye-bye! Bye! Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K you can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. This is the best gift ever. This is the gift that keeps on giving. Because it won't go and away. giving and giving and oh, giving. Stop, harder, stop, stop, harder. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I need a bath now. <laughs> that might be an outtake. I'm not entirely in sure a, I'm going to keep it in or not. I need a bleach bath. <laughs> Pink.